welcome to Wave Radio. This is Debbie coming to you with another week of inquiry and curiosity. So what I'd like to talk about is thoughts, feelings, action. That's the order of creation, according to Byron Katie. We have thoughts, then we have feelings as a result of our thoughts, and then as a result of those feelings, we take action. And so if we have an argument with someone, for instance, it's because we were feeling upset or some sort of feeling, defensiveness, anger, mm, hurt, and those feelings are a result of the thoughts we were having at the time. You know, we are thinking beings, meaning our minds are constantly thinking, deciphering, judging, making up stories. And from those thoughts, our feelings are born. One could say that we are, that we are always feeling our thinking. When I first heard that, that really struck uh, home for me and made a lot of things clear because at any given moment I can pause, especially in those moments of anxiety or stress, and notice that my feelings are a result of what I'm thinking and believing in that moment. So to say that I'm feeling my thinking, that, that just puts it all into focus for me. This is the key to freedom, my friends. Because that means that your feelings are not due to what's going on out there. They're not as a result of your spouse or your children or your boss. No one is creating your feeling. I mean, you're not even making you angry, for instance. You are innocently believing your thoughts. And when you believe your thoughts, everything about them feels true and feels real. And that doesn't make them true. A dear teacher of mine in the work of Byron Katie, Tom Compton, said that in a recent workshop. And he was saying it under the context of explaining the four questions of the work. The four questions are, is that true? Can you absolutely know that that's true? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And who would you be without that thought? So those four questions, you take those stressful thoughts, those thoughts that we're believing, that are creating our feelings, that are creating our actions, we take those stressful thoughts and we put them up against the four questions. And we sit and we use those questions as meditation. The work as meditation. It's an invitation to be still and to allow wisdom to surface. You know that wisdom that you get accidentally sometimes when you're going for a walk in the woods or out in nature or sometimes you're just sitting contemplating life over a cup of coffee in the morning and suddenly the clouds part and you have a little bit of clarity and some wisdom creeps through. Well this, the work, is a way to do that with some purpose, to do that consciously. 
for those of us who don't want to wait around for that clarity to appear on its own. You know, I, I want to look for it. I want to, I don't want to wait. I want to, again, as Tom Compton would say, pop those nightmare bubbles. And so we take our thoughts and we put them up against the four questions. And that first one, is that true, could be really hard for some of us. Because it really feels true. You know, that person doesn't care about me. He or she doesn't care about me. And so the invitation is to close your eyes and to get still. He doesn't care about me. Is that true? And we allow the images, the proof that we use to surface and we look at those images. What is our proof that it's true? That he doesn't care about me or that he doesn't respect me or that he doesn't love me? Often it comes down to a feeling. It feels true. And that's your clue that you're believing your thoughts. And when you believe your thoughts, they feel true. And that doesn't make them true. So it doesn't make it true that he doesn't care about you. Because you feel that he doesn't care about you. Now... You can look at those images that your brain is showing you and then ask yourself, how do I react when I believe, when I really believe that he doesn't care about me? How do I react to those images that I'm showing myself? And often there's tenseness, pain in my stomach. So these are the feelings. We have the thought then we have these feelings and then sometimes we take action another way I react is I snap I shut him out I retaliate I get angry I yell I get defensive so question three is all about exploring those feelings and actions that occur as a result of those thoughts and beliefs we're having and then question four, who would I be without the thought? That is my opportunity to just taste life and imagine what it would be like if that thought didn't occur. Because not everybody holds that same thought. Now it's not about pretending that you don't have the thought. It's just using your imagination for just a moment and just testing life for a minute. Just testing it. You'll have the thought right back. Of course you're thinking the thought. But we're going to just lay it down aside and look at those images again without the thought that he doesn't care about me. And right away, I shift into a more open state of mind, more curious. I don't know if he doesn't care about me. I really can't know that for sure. The images that I'm showing myself or maybe his facial expressions to me or the time he snapped at me or that he's not paying me attention but I really can't know that that means he doesn't care about me I 
really can't know that. And so because I can't know that, I notice I get a little more relaxed inside. And I'm able to not be so reactive. And I'm able to talk to him and ask him questions. And so then the last part of the work are the turnarounds. He doesn't care about me. He does care about me. So I have the opportunity to just look and see, could that be as true? Could it be as true that even in that moment when he is snapping at me or not paying me attention, that it's true that he actually cares about me? And when I get still and I don't look for the answers with my mind, when I allow my heart to show me the truth or show me an answer, then often I see a very accepting and compassionate way of being. He's got a lot on his plate. He can't always be showing me with actions that he cares about me all the time. He's preoccupied with his own life. He cares about me because he's with me. And so I'm taking the original thought and turning it around and finding the opposite. So the original thought was, he doesn't care about me. Another turnaround is, to the self, I don't care about me. How is it true in that situation that I don't really care about me? Well, I threw me under the bus. I right away thought I wasn't worthy of being caring, cared for. I believed he couldn't, he wasn't caring for me. I just, and, and I got tense and I showed myself images, scary images I wasn't being very caring to me in that moment. I wasn't being there for me. I was believing that I needed him to make me feel good about me. And at last turn around, I don't care about him. How is it true in that moment that I didn't care about him? Well, in that moment when I thought that he should be giving me all kinds of attention, even though he was maybe stressed about life, I wasn't caring about him. I wasn't caring about his feelings at all. I made it all about me. So the work is a way to investigate our thoughts and to see how they are creating our reality. And it's an opportunity to taste the other side. So thank you very much for joining me this week. And I'll talk to you again next week. And if you are interested in learning more about the work of Byron Katie, you can find uh, find that on www.thework.com. And if you'd like to learn more about me and the workshops I give and the one-on-one facilitations I do, you can find me at www.debbiebridge.ca. Thanks so much.